Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. is the uh, final message, the final Sunday in our Voices series. I enjoy this series every year uh, because it gives us a chance to have other folks to come in and minister. How many of you enjoyed uh, our speakers so far? Uh, we had a good time. Well, this morning I am so delighted. It's such an honor. Uh, to get to introduce our guest speaker this morning. We actually tried to work this out last year. We couldn't make it happen. Uh, there are, uh, let me tell you how we kind of got connected, and then I'll tell you the truth about why I invited him to come speak, all right? Uh, okay. All right. Uh, couple, we, we kind of kept bumping into one another, training, some training during events. I think I did one even here, and he came and said in that, and He's on the uh, pastoral team, or has been on the pastoral team, the Church of Lights here in Oklahoma City, out on council. And, uh, no, council? No, that's wrong. Yeah, it's on council. I get those words mixed up all the time, even though I live there. Um, just go one step way home, over there, and good. Uh, but we just kept kind of bumping into one another, and then Tal started playing on a basketball team called the Knights. And lo and behold, his oldest son was playing basketball on that team, and they instantly hit it off. And I found out he loved basketball, and I loved basketball. And so then we made this journey to uh, Springfield, Missouri, and uh, something happened there, and I ended up in the hospital. And, but, but I need to tell you that uh, Jonathan has a bunch of kids, and they got a bunch of games. Like, how many games did y'all have in the national tournament? About how many games? Probably 30, about 30 games at least in their family alone that they're hitting, and he's coaching, and, and so he's like traveling all over Springfield, all these games, and I kind of messed everything up and had a heart attack, and so I'm laying in the hospital, and uh, about 11 o'clock that night, uh, after 30-something games all that week, you don't understand, it's like time to be in bed, because you got more games tomorrow. The three coaches, my brother here and Jonathan and Coach Vito walked in at about 11 o'clock at night when I'm at my worst, help us and come to pray for me. I'm like, that's what it's about right there. It's morning of basketball. And so we are delighted this morning. The real reason we bring Jonathan in is because when he comes, he fills up a whole row. <laughs> And in the summer, man, I'm like going to invite him like four or five times next time. Uh, uh, but uh, Jonathan's been a dear friend of us and uh, is a man of God. And so we're excited this morning for Jonathan and Lisa Hill and their family to be with us and all their friends. Brother Jonathan, would you come and bring the word? Would you give him a word to have to I'm telling you. You know, something he didn't tell you is that I got to drive the Camaro. Yeah, yeah. I took advantage of my brother while he was on the sick bed. I'm stuck. I need a ride. Can I have the keys, please? Yeah. I got to admit, with my six foot two self getting in that sports car, I couldn't barely see what the dashboard had to sit so low. Then you look in the rear view mirror, couldn't really see. But I know people were looking at me, and I was like, yeah. I didn't tell them it wasn't mine. Yeah, bro, I got another bone to pick. You act like you can pray, but I'm now praise you. You hear me? Woo! I'm in the shower. I'm telling you, I'm hitting soprano. 
Listen, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance, I saw a vision, something like a great sheep descending, being let down from heaven by its four corners, picture this, and it came down to me. Looking at it closely, I observed animals and beasts of prey and reptiles and birds of the air, and I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Verse 8 says, But I said, By no means, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But the voice answered a second time from heaven, What God has made clean, do not call common. Verse 10 says, This happened three times, and all was drawn up again into heaven. Verse 11, And behold, at the very moment, three men arrived at the house in which we were which we were sent to me from Caesarea. And the Spirit told me to go with them, making no distinction. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen the angel stand in his house and say, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who was called Peter. He will declare to you a message by which you will be saved, you and all your household. But so what happens, verse 15. As I began to speak, what happened? The Holy Spirit fell on them just as on us at the beginning. Verse 16, and I remember the word of the Lord. I was saying, turn baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus, who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent, and they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. We need to thank the Lord for this exchange. Because this is the first time the Gentiles, not the Jews, receive the word of God. And I want to announce to you all that most of you in here are Gentiles. Some of you may be Jews, and if some of us respects to you, but most of us are Gentiles. Here's right here is the reason I exist and have access to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen? Amen. So we need to look in here and examine this chapter a little bit and see what happened. Because some very unconventional things took place in order for these events to happen. First of all, there was a man praying named Cornelius. And Cornelius, it says right here that he was a centurion of what is known as the Italian cohort. So he was a pure Gentile, reading chapter 10, verse 1. He was a devout man and feared God with all his household, gave alms generously to all people, and prayed continuously to God. You know, a side note is that God said that your prayers I've heard and your alms ascended as a memorial before God. This doesn't have nothing to do with my message. But isn't that awesome? That our prayers, our pray listen, that our prayers and our alms, that means the good deeds that he was doing can ascend up to heaven and God can remember them. Woo! That's good news to me. I just, when I'm preaching and I pass by good news, it's not an attack. I try not to dwell there, but I gotta at least mention that your prayer, young lady, your prayer, young man, that you are sitting down there uttering, that you think nobody's listening to, that the kind deeds that you're doing in secret, the fasting and praying that you're doing, the tithes that you're giving in secret, God is looking at those things and he remembers them. Memorial means I remember. I remember. I remember. Your prayers, your 
giving, you're fasting and praying. God remembers. Yes. And that's for somebody here today. I don't know who it is, but I have to mention it in passing by. God remembers. Can I get an amen? amen? As I travel through this passage, we see here that we have one man named Cornelius praying. And then we have another man named Peter. And he was also praying. So both of these two people were found praying. You see, here's a journey that starts with prayer. I want to explain to you the title of my sermon is Standing in God's Way. One way you can find out if you are standing in God's way, all right, is be found doing what? Pray. Somebody got it right there. Thank you, baby. Be found what? Praying. These two men were praying, and they were from opposite regions, opposite heritages, opposite upbringings. One was a Gentile, the other was a Jew, but they were found praying. See, in order for God to use you to do unconventional things here on this earth, you have to have a prayer life. Can I get an amen? amen. I, I'm just trying to tell you, you can't counterfeit that. You, you, you can't counterfeit your walk with prayer. If you have to have a prayer life, okay? And some of you all have not made the distinction yet. Worrying is not praying. I'm just, I'm just a simple preacher. Thinking is not praying. It's not. I, I've been convicted by, by God of 3 a.m. in the morning just thinking about this issue over again. I want to sleep. Wake it up. I'm thinking about it again. Same path you find yourself following. You see, prayer has an end. Worry doesn't. Worry is just like it goes like this. Prayer lands me someplace. You see what I'm saying? Because my faith and my trajectory takes me there and it's landed into the heart of God. And then when I land there, he catches me. And then I go to sleep in peace. And I stand up worried at night. You see, God has to convict me and say, Jonathan, go to bed. Because you're worried, you are not praying. Say that you got to have a prayer life, you with me? I'm trying to tell you. A prayer life means, yeah, there's a little bit of complaining in there, but I call it holy complaint. Because you're playing and read the Psalms. Read the Psalms. Oh, God, I'm laying in my bed and my pillows are filled with your tears. Do you ever guys have a complaint? Yeah, but it's holy complaining because there's always a but. Say but. I love the buts in the Bible. Because he said, but my God. But my God. Go ahead and complain. Let it all out. I try to tell people prayer, true prayer is telling it like it is. You tell it how you feel at that moment. No whole part. I have a friend of mine. He always starts off. Permission to be real, God. It goes in. Hallelujah. Anybody with me, write that in your notes. Permission to be real. Because Pastor Steve, there's too many people that are not transparent. Do you understand? We have to wear too many masks these days. One at work, one for my spouse, one for my kids, one for here. We're changing all these masks when all God wants you to be as authentic and real, the one that he created. And if people don't like it, too bad. You with me? You gotta be transparent. Practice transparency in your prayer by telling it like it is, and then once you tell it like it is, don't leave your knees before you have a but God moment. Yeah. But God, I remember you in my past when you brought me through this issue, and you were faithful, and you will be faithful in Jesus' name. Amen. That's a prayer, man. There's a difference between worrying and praying. There's a difference between thinking and praying. Praise God. What these two men found doing? It says here 
in chapter 11, verse 2, Peter went up to Jerusalem to the circumcision, and the circumcision party criticized him. They were being critical because Peter spent time with the Gentiles. Now listen to this. I love the Bible because I can see it through my own Jay Hill lens. You went to the to the uncircumcised men and ate with them. I just imagine this. You went to the uncircumcised and you ate with them. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with these people here? <laughs> that I found in this passage that can give you indication that you're standing in God's way. One of them are, you're listening to your critics. I need to land there first. Because you need to understand the context of the passage. He's restating something that God already supernaturally did through him. Talked to a man in another area. Talked to him in another area. Both gave him visions. Sent people to meet them at opportune times to tell them where to go. Okay, angelic voices telling you to do things, visions, all these things God is trying to get them to one point. Peter, he had just had this done to him, and then he faced who? His critics. One of the, the first things we will face when we step out to obey is your critics. Amen. Be with me. But, but I have something new for your critics today. Don't get ready to critics anymore. Y'all with me? Listen, listen, listen. Don't curse your critics anymore. Listen, it says, your critics, I've come to find out, are really your admirers wrapped in a hard shell. Come on. I, I found that out in life. I just found that out. I, I got a couple critics. Some former people I used to know in high school, things like that. And I post things about God on Facebook. And I encourage people. And every now and then, my critics will come up, comment. And that's okay. I'm okay with that. Alright, because that's just one of my admirers wrapped up in a hard shell. I don't know why his or her shell is hard, but he's my admirer. She's my admirer. So I'm not going to curse my critic. I'm going to let them go ahead and ask a question. You see, if you have a critic, listen to me, they're passionate about the subject. Am I right? It's a little logic. I'm also an engineer, so I kind of think, you know, logic. They're obviously passionate about the subject, but they just don't agree with your view of the subject. Am I right about that? Anybody else? The logical thinkers. Everybody else? The emotional people just close your ears. Is that logical? Thank you. That's logical. They're passionate about the subject, just don't agree with your position. Am I right? You see, they're passionate. They just don't agree. So don't curse your critics. Because they will help you strengthen your position. They will. They will. And this is out of scripture. I get this. This isn't just self-help class. I'm not teaching no leadership seminar. This is what the Bible declares about criticism. Answer your critics' questions, but answer them on your terms. Please just listen to me. Some of y'all going to catch it. Other people, that's fine. I'm not speaking to everyone. Only people with critics. 
When Jesus was criticized, <laughs> one time he said, hey, are you king of the Jews? Say you. That's all he said. <laughs> you said that? That's King James. I'm sorry. I'm raised with the King James. <laughs> Say ye. You said <laughs> That's all he said. <laughs> when your critics come to you, answer them on your own terms. Say as much as you want to say. Or say nothing at all. But don't curse your critics. They will help you to strengthen your position. You see, Peter was on a journey in this passage. Something phenomenal and miraculous had just took place in his life. He was all in himself. Because he went to go preach to these Gentile people that were in Cornelius' house. He began to speak. And the Holy Spirit fell on him. He's like, oh my goodness. God is not partial. The same Holy Spirit. Y'all remember Acts? I figure with a church named Passion Church, I'm alluding to something about Acts chapter 2, what took place in the upper room. Holy Spirit fell. Who was there? Peter. He knew that. He sees them. Oh my goodness. The same thing that happened to me is happening to them. You see, he all of a sudden had this phenomena and he needed his position strength. So God sends who? Critics. Now, these critics weren't just, weren't just people that were antagonistic against God. They were right there. They called themselves the circumcision party. Or they were Jewish believers. They were believers in Jesus Christ that believed also you needed to be circumcised. For all you don't know what circumcision is, it's something that takes place in the foreskin of a man to cut. There was a sign to the Jewish believers back in those days and they were followers of Yahweh. After eight days old, all babies firstborn needed to be circumcised. So circumcision, they felt, was a covenant of God that they had to keep. So anybody that comes to God has to go this way. We have a monopoly on this. We've been traveling through the wilderness, dealing with heathens, slaying Hittites, Amorites, Gergeshites, and all the rest of the heights. We've been doing all this with this one sign that we're the covenant chosen people of God. Everybody that comes to God has to be circumcised. I'm sure this is the way it was for those that read the Bible and understand who was Jesus contending with the most. These people were the circumcised. And one time Paul got mad and said, You mutilators of the flesh, go mutilate yourself. <laughs> but are some of y'all understanding what I'm getting at? which created their religious ways that they decided to do things was crystallized within their heart so they had one way that it had to be done when God had a bigger plan he recognized that he chose the children of Israel to be chosen out from Egypt out from amongst the heathen and y'all need to know that Abraham used to be a Gentile before he became a Jew but he believed on God and was called the son of promise praise God and there was promise that a seed would come and that seed's name was Jesus, and then through Jesus, all nations would be saved through him. Amen? Amen? That's Genesis Revelations there in a couple of sentences. But what I want to tell you is that God had a grander plan than what Abraham probably could see, even though he showed them sands of the sea and stars of the sky. God had a greater plan. 
than what even the Jewish Christians who were able to accept Christ as a Messiah but still think they needed to mutilate their flesh. God had a bigger plan. I have a question for you today. Are you standing in God's way? Are you standing in God's way? One of the first things you need to do when write this prayer down is I pray it often. God, where are you at work? And how can I join you? Okay? You know, even if I think I know, I still pray that prayer. Because if these wonderful saints that we read about here in the Bible can miss it, Jonathan Hill can miss it. How about you? Yeah. You think you can miss it every now and then? What about some of you who's tossed since you were a baby? Come on now. I was I was raised on the second pew on that side, right where that young beautiful lady and husband. Well, where they're sitting. That's where I was born. I think my mama burst me on the second pew. <laughs> to the cost of church back on St. Louis, Missouri. That's all I do. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Yeah, perfect. I wanted to be there. Nobody was dragging John to the church. I loved the church and still do. Amen? Amen. Well, don't you know there might be some things I don't understand yet? Even since being the top raiser in the church, there might be ways of God that he's fully revealing to me. See, this is what Peter had to cross. This is what all the apostles had to cross. That there is a way that seems right unto the man, but the end, uh, ends thereof are ways of death. You hear me? There are ways that we think could be right, but be wrong. So I'm going to tell some of y'all, some of y'all will be right but dead wrong. Y'all with me? You can have the right thing you're saying, but the wrong motive. You hear me? Y'all, y'all hear me? You can have the right thing you're saying, you think it's all right, you got your eyes done, your teeth crossed, but your motive can be wrong. You know what I'm saying? Golly, you need to take those pants off, lady. You are disgrace to God. Really? First time I'm in church and you tell me I gotta take my pants off? What in the world? Come on. Let me talk about me. Some of y'all already curled your toes up and said you talk. None of y'all are talking. I'm gonna talk about myself. You understand me? Nobody else was going to heaven except people at my church. This was the eyes of a little young child that was hearing the preaching coming forward. You hear me? Nobody else. Was going to hell. Believe that. Baptists, they were burning. <laughs> Methodists, gone. Catholics, the fumes was going to fumigate them. They were out of there. <laughs> Only people that were going to heaven were Pentecostal. <laughs> That's it. And I said, cost on purpose. If you couldn't shout, you wasn't going to make it in. You must not have a Holy Ghost. See, I had this, I had this This is why I was raised, okay? I thank God for my upbringing. Until all of a sudden I met a Baptist believer one day. They didn't know it was Baptist. We got to the Word. Man, he was traveling to places in the Word I hadn't been before. I was like, wait a minute. I was trying to hang with him and slice him. I was like, wait, John, I'm preaching to the Lord. Yeah, I know where that is. Yeah, that's Then he started to lose me. I'm like, oh. Man, you know God's word. I admire it. Hey, man, what church are you from? So-and-so Baptist church. I said, what? How <laughs> <laughs> Baptist know God's word? 
I know I might be hurting somebody, and I know this might be, I don't know if this is taped or not, but I'm getting to a point, I've learned better now. Y'all with me? But that's where I started. You see, just where we start does not mean that's God's end, because God knows the end from the beginning. He always has a grander picture than we do. See, God always knows what's going to happen because he's the author and the finisher of our faith. You are arrogant to believe that you have it all monopolized and you know everything that God wants. I'm going to tell you right now, if you think that as a church, you're a dead church, praise God. That means when a pastor comes up here to tell you to do something that's unconventional, that's never been done before, you will be one of the criticizers. And I'm here to tell you, you're going to find yourself standing in God's way, Pastor Ely, unless you follow God's word despite your critics. Amen. I'm going to tell you right now, your critics are here to strengthen your position. Sometimes you have to just say and answer them. Sometimes you have to walk in silence. Sometimes you have to just, like in this passage, steal their platform, steal their thunder, Use their intention for dismay and put it for God's display. They come to you with a critical question, most of the time it's in public, in front of other people. Then you come to them and say, God has just built me a platform. I'm glad you're going to stand up here and I'm going to begin to explain. And then you see here in verse 11 it says, he explains to them, verse 4 of chapter 11, where Peter began and explains to them how? In order. So he took their platform, stolen thunder, and said, thank you for criticizing me. I'm about to strengthen my position and explain to you, line by line, what took place. You see, he took all the taunting and turned it into teaching. Yes, yes he did. Peter began explaining to them in order. He used all the ridicule, all the criticism, and explained to them what took place in the vision. And then eventually left them with a decision to make on their own. Return a question with a question if you have to. But don't let your critics alter what God has done into your life. Because they may have been sent by God to direct you in another way. Amen? Yeah. So here's a test. If you know that you're standing in God's way, it's because you're listening to your critics and allowing them to formulate your... See, your critics don't tell you the conclusions, but they help to strengthen your own position when you've heard from God. That's what happens. Stop cursing them. That relative does not say yet. It always has questions that's attacking you. Quit pushing them to the side and answer the questions. Go home and study God's word and begin to find some resources to answer the question. Nobody said asking a question is a sin. Amen? It's unbelief that will not get you into the kingdom not asking questions. And I'm speaking to my teens right now. There's young people now. There's nothing wrong with asking questions about the faith. I'm speaking to the young people right here. Everybody age 12 to age 18. There's nothing wrong with asking questions about the faith. Praise God. I did the same thing when I left my mama's and daddy's house up there in Iowa, and I went to the military. I asked questions. The Baha'is came at me. The Muslims came at me. The, the, the Middle Eastern religions came at me with all these things. And I did not know the answer. So you know what my answer was? I don't know. But Jonathan Hill went back up to his dorm room. Got his Bible, his study Bible. Began to flip through them. Called my dad when I needed to. Looked up my big Strong's Concordance. We got phones these days. My big old Strong's Concordance. I found out. I wrote down the answer line by line. This time I saw him strolling around on campus. I had my little thing and I was like, hey, you had that question. I got something for you. God bless you. 
walked up. She always read letters. You got to understand that. Because the answers were there. See, critics are there to strengthen your position to take you deeper in your faith. Amen. God said he was not going to remove us from the evils in this world. But that way we will be saved from the... I have to tell you right now, God's leaving us in this world to be salt and light. We've got to learn how to engage our critics. Amen. Are you standing in God's way? You are from letting your critics take you off your position. You know, Peter did something interesting in here that I don't recommend. Verse 8, it says, But I said by no means, Lord. Did I hear Peter just say no? What did he tell him before that verse 7? This voice, which he calls the Lord, said, Ride, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, by no means. Other verses will say, no, Lord. <laughs> Then you go on to read further. He said, well, the Lord came a second time. What God has made clean do not call common. This happened to me three times. I want to ask y'all something. Whether you're raped by your mama, your daddy, your uncle, aunt, grandmother, grandpa. How many times did it take you to hear them say something before you did? Come on, how many of y'all? How many of y'all are one time it took? Just one time. Saints in the house. There's a saint. One time is all it took. Come on. One more once. Okay. Twice. Two times. Two times. There's somebody else. Somebody else. I'm just a little stubborn, but not that stubborn. Two times. How many it took three times before? There we go. There we go. I suppose it's me. I'm proud of it. It took three times. Come on. Is that what I'm saying? How many of you took four, five, six? See, how many of y'all just never did anything but said anyway? We know we pray for them. They're in the church. Y'all with me? I'm going to tell you this man if Peter would if I remember right from chapter 10 the people were down there making them some food to eat and he was waiting on them to finish cooking this trance comes to him he sees the sheep come down four corners all these animals that he's never eaten and he heard a voice that said rise kill it and it happened three times so Peter told this voice which he called Lord no three times I want to recommend something. You might be in God's way if you're telling God no. Wow. You might be in God's way if you're telling God no. He might be in God's way when you find yourself saying no one three times in a row the same thing. A voice that he heard and he called it God's. We call it no. You see, obedience is better than sacrifice. See, most people won't hear the next thing that God has for them because they're not obeyed the last thing that God told them. Are y'all listening to me? Counterfeit obedience is the state of mind that you create your own opportunities to sacrifice for yourself. Your zeal, your enthusiasm, okay, are mistaken for discernment. But listen, see, your counterfeit obedience. You create something to sacrifice yourself. Instead of listening to the voice of God that is spoken to you directly. It's easy to conjure up your own sacrifice and offer to God than follow his divine will. Are, are y'all with me? Y'all don't understand me. Y'all don't understand me. I'll use myself as an example. Okay? I did not want to move to Oklahoma. We visited always in June and July. I've never been through many years. Every time we came, I said, Where in the world is grass? My kids came in, red, dirt on their socks, and we couldn't even use 
Yeah. Uh, uh, when we got back on, anybody else know what I'm talking to? Y'all don't know. Y'all saw that just No, the curve. Kids came in with scratches on their legs because it wasn't real. We're used to that Iowa prairie grass. Nice, soft stuff. You just get in and roll around in it. I was like, what is this? I said, where are the trees? Some of you that live in your life don't even know what I'm talking about. But if you're from the southwest side of the world, you know what I'm talking about. Clay soils and a lot of trees grow fast out there. Understand the geology behind it because I'm an engineer, but that's just a side note. Anyway, the trees don't grow that tall here because they can't grow that tall because the soils never equal. I didn't want to move here. It was flat. There were no rolling hills. You just could ride up and down. It was flat. And it looked like there was fast food places on every corner. I said, forget it. I was gaining weight then. Until I came down, my brother asked me to preach one time. After many years, invited him brother time. I preached at his event. We were in a room together, Pastor Ely, and there was three couples instead of us. Right? Two couples instead of us. So six in the room. We stayed up until five in the morning. Began to pray. God began to speak. But Jonathan, what happened? Do y'all hear me? You see, I'm a logical thinker, and this is for the objective thinkers in the house. This ain't for you guys to just get it. Just get it automatically. Show me something. Y'all get mad at Thomas, but I'm going to say the same thing. Get out of here. I need to see his wounds. And Jesus honored that request, didn't he? So stop getting mad at Thomas in the Bible. Get mad at him. He says, more blessed for those that haven't seen. He didn't say he was a bad man just because he had a little doubt. Come on, y'all. Be real with me, Pastor Church. I was doubting. I said, I ain't moving down here. I see no reason to move down here. I have something going on there in Iowa. Things are just fine. Things are comfortable. I'm working at my job. Things are going great. I'm ministering with my dad. Things are going great. I don't need to move right now. My position was strengthened. I didn't need to move. Until all of a sudden, Something supernatural took place. God shows up. And I have a non-religious version of this. I have a Methodist version of this. And I have a... I better stop using religious or I'm going to get in trouble. I have a charismatic version of this. I'm going to just give y'all the full version. God shows up. Begins to speak through me. That's a dream from God. Even in college, look at this scripture. Look what it means. I'm like, look at the context, Clarence, because I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> back and forth, back and forth. We used to go at it. You know what? I just wonder, is he getting salvation? Is he getting possessed? What is this stuff he's getting? He don't say that in the Bible. That's me. So I know where I'm coming from. I'm here to tell you. 
guys need miracles. You need supernatural experiences from God because you're stubborn. Come on. I was stubborn. See, I can talk to y'all because I was one. <laughs> you the man. <laughs> so I can talk to the stubborn folk, okay? I was stubborn. So it took something like that for God to get me to move. After he spoke through me on his words, it's all written down, and I still have it written in my journal, and I look back at it often. He said these words, my call is gone forth, assemble. What does that mean? That's all it's all. I'm not here to tell you something. When God speaks, you may, must make commitments to do it right there in the wake of that decision. Or else your heart will begin to harden. You begin to deliberate with your doubts. You begin to fellowship with your fears. And you will not act on what God called you to do. You see, he was asking Peter to go to a Gentile's house. Praise God, that was forbidden. He showed him a vision of him eating unclean animals. I want you to know something. All of you all that try to live a holy life, this is be holy for our goal. Those that are pursuing after God, we want to do what's right. Can I get an amen? amen? So when we want to do what's right, and somebody comes to try to tell us something we think is wrong, we're like, no, Lord. All right, maybe he understood that. I've never touched anything unclean. And he showed him the same thing. No, Lord. I'm never touching anything unclean. And he showed the exact same thing. No, I can't do this. I'm a follower of you, God. I can't do this. So you're talking to the one that created the rules and telling him how to write the playbook. I'm here to tell you, we don't know the end of the matter all the way, praise God, because we're still in this flesh, praise God. We only know our part. We only prophesy our part. Remember that in 1 Corinthians 14. You don't know it all. So be open to God's directions with confirmation. He confirmed this for Peter, did he not? Did he not? Because Peter saw a vision. Then he heard a voice three times. Then he sent them three men, the king. And these three men came right on cue. As soon as he's sitting there perplexed, God, what is this vision about? What is this vision? Three men are getting ready to come knock at your door. Go with them. What? Things that be a man and not God. You see, Jesus knows our heart. 
Jesus knew his mission. Jesus knew what God had called him to do. He had warned us then since the really it was been warned since the Old Testament that Jesus was supposed to die for the sins of mankind. It was in the very Torah and the script that they had read all that time, but it was hidden from them. Things had been revealed to them as they were standing there. And they were getting, Peter was getting rebuked. Rebuked. All of a sudden, Jesus comes to him and says, you know, I'm about to leave. Let me watch his stinky feet here. He watches his feet. And then he gets to Peter and you're going to wash my feet. But mom, he said, Peter, if I don't wash your feet, you ain't going to have no part with me. He got rebuked again. See, all the stuff is in Peter's mind. So when something supernatural happens, you see, this is after, this is after the day of Pentecost. See, Peter now... It's not just a God outside of him. It's a God that's in him. Somebody needs to understand that there's a difference in Peter in Acts chapter 11 than Peter that we read in the Gospels. He understands something. All of a sudden he said, I'm going to write this law in their hearts and their minds. Praise God. It's no longer going to rely on the most educated folk that's able to read and understand all this and break this down in dialects and give it to you, slice it up in many different ways. It's not going to be for just the pompous and the proud, praise God. It's not going to be for those that can afford the roads and they can say eloquent prayers anymore, praise God. I'm about to do something and put it inside of this Peter, and then I will be able to direct him whatsoever I want. Yeah. I don't care if he's upstairs smelling this dinner and he sees a, 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 a dream, he's going to follow me, praise God. Three strangers come to his door, tell him to go across the way, he's going to follow me, praise God. If he tell, I tell him to go eat unclean animals, he's going to do it, praise God, because I've got him now. I'm in his heart, praise God. I'm going to tell you, it's God in your heart, hallelujah. If God's in your heart, then you can find out when you're standing in God's way. Because when you're standing in God's way, there will be a conviction in your heart that you cannot get rid of, praise God. After that word happened to me, and he said, move down here, I struggled. I began to rush. I was like, Lord, maybe that means call them once a month. <laughs> I said, maybe he can just visit once a month, praise God. Stay up on the things that they're doing. God used a simple analogy. When you go tell your kid, my kids were younger back then, he said, go assemble your Legos. What does that mean? <laughs> oh, God. I can't do that. Put them together. I can't do that. I'm 550 miles away. So I quit my job, praise God. Moved down here. Sold all the stuff. Sold everything. Moved down here. And I had my burning bush experience. And we've been on this journey 10 years since. Amen. Amen. You see? Because I was stubborn, but listen, God will speak to you if you've been found praying. Number one. Number two, you need to understand that conventional ways of your thinking and calm reasoning can get in the way of God's plans. I want to ask yourself a question. Are you standing in God's way? Some of you might be like, no, I'm not. Is your mind standing in God's way? Praise God. Is your upbringing standing in God's way? Listen to me. Are your traditions Standing in God's way. Are your emotions standing in God's way? You see, these are things that can stand in your way. God will not be able to accomplish His purposes in your life. But I have a question for you. Who can really stand in God's way? <laughs> I played football once, BT, 8th grade, Norwalk High School, Open Iowa. Time of 2000. Didn't know a thing I was doing. 
There was a running back, big boy, ran with the ball. He could run. And my job was to tackle him. I said, all right, here he comes. Woo! Literally, that's the way I got into that helmet. I couldn't even see nothing. The helmet was moving around. I said, get me back on the basketball court. Quickly, what is this game here? I was standing in that fullback play. He ran me right over. Are y'all with me? How many of y'all been on the corner right near the stoplight? You see a big old semi-truck come along. I think that semi-truck is going to hit me. Nobody's in my rear view mirror. What do you do? Get out the way. Amen? My little Chevy Prism, not even my Mercury Grand Marquis, not even my Suburban is going to stand up to a semi-truck. Are you with me? Who can stand against God? Who can stand against his purposes? Huh? Answer me that question. Who can do it? Who can do it? No one can. You see what I'm saying? These people cannot do it. Nebuchadnezzar thought he could. He got turned into a wild animal. Herod thought he could stand against God. He got eaten by worms. Pharaoh thought he could stand against God. Lost his children, his entire kingdom, and lost his life. Jonah thought he could stand against God. Became this fool. Lucifer thought he could stand in place of God. Got kicked out of heaven. Peter and all said he was going to go to the cross of God ended up denying him three times. No one's going to stand in God's way. But in the subject matter today, Peter was redeemed. He said, you're going to fail me, but believe me, I'm praying for you. He prayed for you that his faith would not fail. When he's converted, go to strengthen his brother. Peter came out of it good on the other side. Amen. That's because he learned, I am not going to stand in God's way. I'm going to be in his way and then let him move me whichever way he wants me to. Some of y'all know this. I'm not that good of a dancer, but I'll have my wife up here. I'm the leader, not her. Now, when we go sometimes, she'll be like, I'm not going to I'm the one that lead. You dance just what said. I'm supposed to lead. Now, leave me alone. So, so when I do like this, she's supposed to move me. When I lift that hand, she's supposed to do her little twirl. Right? I'm in charge. I'm in charge. But I'm loving you here. Let's do this. Let's do this. When you give your life to Jesus, don't say he's in charge. It's his way, not my way. You better get out of God's way and let him move you his way, amen. So the question isn't just are you standing in God's way? You need to ask yourself, am I in the way of God? Am I in the way of God? Am I in the way of God accomplishing his purposes? Peter said it in this no way. In the way of God. You see, you got to understand something. His critics, at the end of this matter, became <laughs> 17 said this then God gave them gifts to them as He gave to us. When we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent. And they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles, also God has granted repentance. That leads to life. You see, the critics all of a sudden got converted because he used the criticism to strengthen his position, and then he explained this to them, and then God again had his way. I'm going to tell you right now, some of you may find yourself in God's way right now. You know, indications are you're listening to your critics, indications are you're, you're, you're okay. If you find yourself in God's way, you need to do exactly what they did in verse 18. When they heard these things, they fell silent. Get silent. 
hear it? Some of y'all can't hear. There's too much noise. And I'm not just necessarily talking about physical noise. Your soul is racing and going too fast. You don't have a quiet time to spend with Jesus. You're not giving him any time to give you instruction. You see, Peter was in prayer. Cornelius was in prayer. That's how God can use them. Where is your quiet time? I encourage you to quiet down. You've been letting things steal your quiet time too long. When is it? Is it in the mornings? Is it on your lunch break? Is it at night? It's valuable time that God wants to give you instructions. You've got to give him that time, saints of God. So he can direct you to do unconventional things that may change the course of history. I'm here because of what Peter decided to do. That was against his religious bias, praise God. We need to be able to look beyond our biases, beyond our emotions, beyond what we thought was right, and here what God's telling us to do now, praise God. Y'all have been here, y'all know where y'all were at over there. Oh, no, what's this question? Somehow y'all landed over here. Somehow y'all ended up doing this bank service. Somehow y'all converted the, the house next door to a clothing pastor. Somehow y'all partnered the schools and started a sports ministry. Pastor Church, keep moving for Jesus. Keep doing unconventional things in this city. We don't need another church that's just going to do the same old thing. We have two services. Then there was a narrower path they were on, and the angel got in the way again. 
to a narrower path. The donkey's like, does he see this angel? He still didn't see it. He beat the mess of that donkey. Tell him, donkey, what are you doing? The donkey all of a sudden got filled with God and said, what in the world are you beating me for, man? Can't you see this angel standing here? I'm trying to help you. I've been your donkey all this life. Why are you beating me? <laughs> don't be doing that at home. Don't be trying to not look at y'all and say this. <laughs> don't be more arrogant than that. Y'all with me? Do I have to say that? Here's my understanding. Can you invite me? Don't be Don't do it! Y'all with me? Follow God's promise. Don't look for no big, huge, miraculous miracle. Listen for a still, small voice. Listen for the direction he set forth in leadership in this church, praise God. Be found praying, hallelujah. Let critics strengthen your position and never call something that is un that is clean, unclean in God's eyes. God is good, isn't he? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word today. So much more I can say, God. But my prayer is that each person in here heard what you wanted them through this message. I pray that they Lord Jesus please reveal in this room right now, there are people in this room in their hearts areas and ways that they are standing in your way. Father show to them the traditional things they have been doing that have expired. Some of them are living off of yesterday's manna Of revelatory word of God in years. Because our hearts are hard. God, I ask you today, break those hearts. Break them, Lord. Break them, Lord. Break them, Lord Jesus. Father, we want to hear from you again. We want to hear you again. There's somebody out here that says they don't hear from God. Oh, Lord Jesus, give them another chance, God. I just ask for people that are even in their seats right now, begin to repent for your own soulish desires that you have placed before God. Repent right now. Is it your job? Is it your career? Have you, have you idolized even your family above God? What is it, saints? What is God coming for today and saying, get out of the way. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. I want to do works through you, but you're in the way. You're thinking too much. Turn those thoughts into prayers. Your emotions are misleading you. Go off the facts. I am faithful. Hallelujah. I am faithful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you're praying with this prayer in any way, just slowly slip your hand in there. Slowly slip your hand in there. God, I ask you, Lord, to acknowledge those with their hands, Lord, in the air. They're saying, God, I'm done directing my own life. To the unbelievers out there, I'm done doing it my way. I want to do it Jesus' way. To those that have been believers for a long time, I'm sorry, God. I thought I had a monopoly on your way. I don't forgive me, Jesus. Please ask him to forgive me. Because at that moment right there is when God can open up a floodgate of revelation. 
It's not a transmission issue. God is still speaking. It's a reception issue. It's you hearing his voice. Lord, open their ears. Open their eyes to be able to see you, God, in my prayer. Father, I pray over this church in Jesus' name, Lord God. I pray over pastor, Lord God. Please give them eyes to see and vision, Lord God. For what is to be done here in this city, in this locale, in this neighborhood, where you have planted them, Lord Jesus. Give him courage. Give his wife courage. Give his pastoral team courage, Lord God, to step out in uncharted territories, Lord Jesus. Father, when we do act of obedience, all of a sudden we can remember how faithful you are, Lord. God, direct the steps of Pastor Church, Lord. They're alike in the city, Lord Jesus. Thank you for what they're doing, all our outreach works, Lord Jesus. Father, we do pray, Lord God. I know what moves us on. We pray for the lost, Lord Jesus. Those that don't know Jesus, we pray for them in Jesus' name that they will give us life. The stubborn relatives of ours, Lord God. Those that have just lost and brought up in bad backgrounds. Those that have been hurt by religious systems. Call them forth in Jesus' name. Pray for your movers right now. Pray for those that you've been laboring with for a long time. Be persistent like the widow in the Bible. Persist in prayer. Never give up on a person that still has breath in their life. Pray for them. Pray for them. God, thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you not for giving up on my daddy. 26 years old, gave his life to Jesus. Changed things in my family forever. Thank you for delivering him out the club, out the park, out from running, chasing women. Thank you because you paved the way of peace for me. Thank you, Jesus. I want to ask you, are you my dad out there? Are you the one out there that ain't living right right now? Are you the lady right now that's not following after God? You can be a change agent in your family today. You can. You can change your generational family tree forever if you follow after Jesus Christ and make a decision. He's calling you today. Hallelujah. You. No, not, not, not somebody else that has a religious degree. You. The one that has been dead in your trespasses and sin. He's called you to be a sign and wonder to your family. Amen. Is that you out there? Put your hand in the air. Is that you? Is that you out there, young lady, young man, that doesn't know Christ Jesus? And you know that you were to change it in your family. If that's you, put your hand in the air. Is that you? Is that you? Is that you? Praise God. Are you the lukewarm Christian out there that has been following your own way and now needs to make a decision to follow after God's way? Bless you. Make a commitment today. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, today I am surrendering my will to your will. Father, even in things I don't understand, I will take a step in obedience. I will hear a word and then I will take a step. I will hear a word and then I will take a step. Thank you. 
commands of his spirit, hallelujah. He's a man of spirit-filled believers, hallelujah. That is submitted to my way. That's you, shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. I am your Lord Jesus. I am yours. to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.